0: Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone, and today I'm joined by the queen of the silver screen, Katie Arquette. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? I'm fantastic to be
0: speaking with you, my friend. It's been a hot (laughs) minute. I think the last time we talked was like last summer, so it's good to catch up. Although, to be honest, by how it feels outside and in my room right now, it feels like summer. I don't know how it is (laughs) around Pittsburgh, but that's how it feels for me right now.
1: Yeah, it's definitely warmer here right now. I should have turned my fan on. I've had the fans go
0: in all night, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's getting there. But I wanted to start off by talking about something exciting that you have coming up this weekend, which is an all-women show entitled Ladies Night 2 at Maryland Championship Wrestling, where you will be going one-on-one with AEW's Layla Gray, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I think is your first ever singles match with her. It is. This will be our first encounter one-on-one. So so this is going to be really exciting. I feel like you two, I feel like are pretty comparable, but how? what are your thoughts heading into this match? What do you think fans can expect from you two?
1: Well, they can expect a fight because oh, yeah. I've seen her and I we all know who I am. So I definitely think there's a lot of sass. There's a lot of you know, drama with both of us. And, you know, she's a little baddie at the same time. So I think we're going to have a really good one-on-one encounter. I'm really excited to get in the ring with her because I've seen what she has to offer. And I'd like to see how it owns up to me.
0: I know she is a baddie, but you are a queen, which I feel like is a little bit higher. I'm just saying. A little bit. A little bit. Queen. Queen. Batty, you know, center- exactly. Yeah. I have to say, though, MCW has put together quite an exciting card. Obviously, we've got Megan Bain versus Rebecca Scott, Emily Jay versus J versus JC Storm, and of course, a 30 minute Iron Woman match for the MCW Women's <laughs> Championship with Gia Scott and a woman you are very familiar with, Ray Lynn. So, obviously, so much more is going down. But besides your match, is there any particular match on the card that you're looking forward to seeing and why? Well,
1: honestly, just the three that you've mentioned, like aside from mine, just those three matches, I feel they're all, they all know each other. They've all worked with each other, whether it be training or tag matches or many other promotions. So I'm curious to see each of them, but fan favorite, I am definitely excited to see Ray Lynn and Gia Scott go at it because, well, like I said, this is not their first time, no. especially at MCW and it's an iron man match a 30 minute iron woman match so i'm really excited to see how that
0: plays out now i'm curious if you recall i obviously like iron woman matches they're pretty not foreign but they're uncommon we don't get to see a lot of them do you recall the longest match that you've ever had I do
1: actually. I I mean, I may have to go back and do my research yeah. again, but I know for sure that my longest match uh it was like 22 minutes long and it from bell to bell and it was against Britt Baker at IWC for the title. And that's cuz you know, the whole story built yeah. up and like Watching it from bell to belt, I'm like, holy crap. It was actually like 21 minutes and change. I'm like, all right. Well, I stayed in there.
0: <laughs> was this for one of the titles?
1: Yes, that was the... Okay. That was for the title, and I. that was the night that David Arquette
0: was there, so it was that match. Oh, see? It makes it even the more special. So you know you can go at least two-thirds of the distance at the very least, so maybe one day a 30-minute match is in your future, but obviously right now, this being an all-women show, I kind of also wanted to touch on some of your female influences. I know Lita was a big one for you growing up, obviously, but- Ray Lynn is a real life one too. Who are some of the other women in your personal or professional life that inspire or empower you? That's actually
1: a really good question. I'm glad you asked it because I was actually talking about this uh yesterday and just seeing how the women's division has evolved on, you know, AEW, WWE and you know, there was this real I saw of Becky Lynch where like from start to now yeah. and it was very, very vastly different. And just talking about, like, those four horsewomen, you know, like Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha. And and honestly, I, I have love for each of them, but my biggest inspiration would be Becky. Not only because she's changed and evolved so much, but the person, and I won't say who it was, the person that I was speaking with had commented, like, I've never been a real big Becky fan, at least, like, at the beginning, but now, like, I love her. And I'm like, see, that's what makes it different different for me because I looked at her as someone that who is she and like, but she's good. And I'm, I'm just more and more intrigued. And I think out of the four of them, I feel that Becky was kind of on the other end, you know, compared to everyone else and how they were being represented. And I'm like, um, I would love to have a match with Becky. I want to see if she can put me into an arm bar and how long. So I would definitely say Becky, at least, in the last couple of years she's been a true inspiration for me
0: yeah that kind of kind of makes sense becky's the only one of the four women that didn't hold the nxt women's championship you know even when becky sasha and bailey got or sorry becky sasha and charlie got called up Bailey was left behind, but she was also running the show in NXT, so she got a spotlight for a while. You know, Charlotte rose to the fame. Charlotte and Sasha were going at it. Well, Becky was kind of – she won the SmackDown Women's Championship, but for a while in between, like, 2016, 2017, 2018, she was kind of just floundering around in the background until, you know, she rose up to be the man and had that story, obviously, with, like, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. So it's kind of a cool – kind of journey that she's had and and how you described it of how that person kind of like didn't know or wasn't a big fan of that's me with Charlotte like I growing you know I feel like sometimes you just gravitate to people naturally. It didn't start out that way. So, how you feel about Becky is how I feel about Charlotte. So, I, I feel like, though, but all four of them are just iconic. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. just all four of them are just over 100%. With this conversation, it's more nitpicking, but they're all yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, Great. yeah. Great. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. Definitely inspirational to a lot of people, but kind of going along with the theme of Ladies' Night. I I know before, I think we've discussed, like, you, like, doing putt-putt and stuff like that, but if you were planning a ladies' night out with your friends in wrestling or real life friends, whatever, what would the scene look like? Where would you go, and what would you do if Katie Arquette was in charge? Oh, gosh.
1: Wow. Well, there's a number of things we could probably do, but we'd probably start the night nice meal. A little pre-gaming with some margaritas maybe a couple tequila shots because of course um and probably make our way down to either (laughs) putt-putt or the movies or you know we could definitely spice it up at the pittsburgh like carson street area and just like bar crawl essentially like get go to fadden's and tequila cowboy and just really understand the pittsburgh scene and just
0: having a grand old time. So that's ye- probably I what I do. I have yet to be to Pittsburgh, but what's the street called again? That's I, that seems like our Elmwood Avenue is like you know the everybody every town has that strip where like all the bars are and fun stuff. What's the name of the yeah. place again? So. This
1: one actually near all them is like the North Shore, but okay. then there's also East Carson Street where
0: there's a whole nother oh, row. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Keep that yes. in mind if I make my way to Pittsburgh. But, you know, we were mentioning, we mentioned one of your uh, favorite frenemies who is on this Ladies' Night 2 card. I wanted to talk more about her, Raylan. You know, she's also a focal figure in the Pittsburgh area specifically. But, uh, you you know, I feel like she's probably been the one, maybe besides Brit, early on that you've wrestled the most I would say so I kind of wanted to know more about your experience working with her and maybe some things that you've learned from her
1: yeah no so she was definitely like Britt was like one of the first few matches yeah. really going into it and then like Ziggy uh Hymas who like her and I constantly uh, wrestling each other like <laughs> some pretty we, we we got there we got there those yeah. first few months um but yeah over the last six years it's been me and Like I've it's always like, you know, what else can I do in this match with this other opponent? You know, like what doesn't she know about me? What don't I know about her? And I've actually learned a great deal from her because when it comes to wrestling, like something I, I think, I can't remember if I spoke to you about this, but a uh, a seminar that I attended, I think it was with Ray Rowe. It's like the moves don't matter they don't matter that like it doesn't matter what yeah. those are it matters on how you get there how are you transitioning to get them in the spot where you want them to be where it's boom there's that big one two three and she's taught me how to really you know be present being wrestling, to actually understand what the roles are and what we're doing and how we're going to make the most of it. And honestly, training with her, I've learned a great deal because, um, you know, she does a lot of lucha. She has lucha background yeah. and experience, and I don't as much. I prefer to be planted and not yeah. jump, but uh, she gets me out of my comfort zone and she pushes me to try new things and she really challenges me and like what I'm comfortable with and what I haven't experienced yet. And I think just owning my craft and knowing what I can do, but what I can do more of is what I've learned most from her because she doesn't BS me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And just around the all around scope, you talked about obviously pushing yourself and trying new things. What has been the most recent new thing that you have tried or attempted?
1: Oh wow! Um, oh, now I gotta think. You put me on the spot here. Um, so I guess just understanding the other person's move set. Yeah. If, if I'm gonna be technical, because there hasn't been a whole lot of like specific moves that I've been doing that really stand out. Mm-hmm. I, I have a DDT uh, sequence that I've been trying to incorporate a little bit more, but just understanding my opponent and being able to reverse and just continue to reverse and reverse and get to a point where I'm on top. You know what I mean because like with Ray Lynn, uh her and I just had a match at IWC for yeah. the title and there was a lot of back and forth transitions because she knows me so well and I know her so well that it it just flowed in a way that I wasn't expecting and I think that's probably where you're going to see a lot more from me as a competitor and to all the promotions that I plan to be at and just seeing how I know how to scope you out. I know how to do my research ahead of time and I know how I'm going to be able to mangle from yours to mine
0: yeah so that's good that in in life in general kind of going in prepared i mean obviously a lot of wrestling is improv and stuff isn't always guaranteed but Mm -hmm. having your research ahead of time to kind of at least get a basic understanding of their moves or their their style preference but when it's not a new opponent and it's somebody like a Raylan that you have obviously an extensive history with what does your creative approach to those matches look like do you kind of prefer to shake things up or do you kind of lean into the past history and tend a bit more?
1: So that's almost like a yes and no type okay. of question. It of probably
0: depends.
1: Yeah, it depends because, yeah. like, so it's six years. If we break it up into like sections, like the first two years, it was more so, okay, what can we establish? What can yeah. we continue to build? And then in those next, like, into the fourth year, it was more like, okay, Like, what can we change? What can we add? What can we do differently? But now it seems more like, okay, what do we do? But at the same time, like, look at all these transitions. Look at how we can just mold together. Because before it was, okay, if we do this, 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 this. But now it's like, we're not going to talk. We're going to work. We're going to understand each other and feel each other out to get to where we need to be. And I think that's where it really changes when talking things over and understanding our position where, it's not going to be the same that it was. It has to be different. And how do we reflect that to the crowd to let them know that this isn't just another match or they know each other. We know this or that, but it's like, oh, that's different. Or normally she would do that now, but now it's all switched. So I think it's just a matter of like transitions and just, having that flexibility with her, because like you said, it's it's improv. You, you never know what to expect. It can change.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a good approach. I feel like not everything is standard across the board for everything, especially in there's so many moving parts to wrestling. But yeah. like you said, speaking of history, you've been in the game for six, seven years now. You've get, gotten well adjusted to it at this point. But what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in your career, whether it be in the ring, mentally, physically? I'm sure there's been a whole bunch.
1: Well, obviously, physically, because it's, it's it's a no-brainer. That's always going to be a struggle. Um, but honestly, I, I would think just that mentality of it, because I said this last year and I said it this year that, you know, it's the journey, or I've always said that. It's always been about the journey. But to understand what you want going into each year, I'm focusing on quality, not quantity of like matches and where I want to go. But I think it just changes where... I need to understand what I wanna be doing. And from a mentality standpoint, that can be hard. It can be, you can really struggle and lose yourself in this business. And you can do that in any business, but when it comes to chasing a dream, what what do you say when you have a nightmare? Oh, it's just a dream. Don't worry about it. And then in real life, when they say you have to chase your dreams, it's like, you know how difficult it is to chase your dreams? There's a lot of moving parts. And that can take that can take a big toll on somebody, especially when you are happy for those that have only been in it for less than a handful of years and they're getting opportunities yeah. and you you love that. But then you got to look at people that are, are in the 10th year, their 12th year, their 15th year, and, and they're either, you know, just making it or making something of it. And I think that's where people need to understand that mentality. And from an emotional standpoint, you can't give up. You have to keep going because – I I believe it was Adam Cole spent his 10th year at NXT and I think it was his first year or he was there for like six months or something but he got to celebrate his 10th year on that platform and it's like people knew who he was and I think that's where the struggle really is is just having that mentality of making it but making it doesn't mean now making it means you're getting there and that the journey isn't over even when you make it because now he's in his 15th year (laughs) so yeah
0: yeah and you talk about kind of configuring everybody obviously has different visions for their career and what they want but you mentioned that you've kind of discovered what you do want out of this so kind of personally in and out of wrestling what does katie arquette want what are you striving to accomplish in the near future
1: I want to continue trying to just be on TV. I'm an actress at heart and it's, it's, you know, I want to be on TV. I want to be able to showcase my talent, my skill, my endurance and ability to perform and outweigh all the challenges on a live platform. And I've, had the opportunity to both wrestle twice twice last year on a live platform. And that's where I want to be in the next couple of years. Granted, like I just said before, you can't put a timestamp on yeah. it, but I'm, I'm still pushing to be in a position where I can actually mm-hmm. live the dream instead of chasing it.
0: Yeah. And I feel like too, that's kind of, as you go, you kind of mature too, as well. And obviously there's a big difference from where you're at starting out to where you are now so besides that it seems like not confidence but you have that sense of assurance with yourself and you're kind of you you have a good uh what's the word just comprehension of everything (laughs) self-awareness I feel like yeah but what else um kind of how do you think that you've grown as a performer in person since you've taken that dove into wrestling acceptance yeah
1: i'm accepting not just the lose the losses right but it's the challenges that come with it the traveling the miles built up on your car the gas prices the gas prices increasing um having to deal with drama you know like i always say no matter what workplace you're in high school tends to reform itself like everyone has those people so it's like having to deal with the drama in a workplace that you see the same people over and over like it becomes it's a lot so i think just putting yourself in a position where it's like you understand what you're getting yourself into you're learning as you go But you also have to accept it and that not everyone needs to like you. Not everyone needs to accept you. You need to accept you. You need to understand where you're going and you need to get yourself there. And if you don't, enjoy the journey of how you tried because in itself, those are the pieces. Those are the stepping stones that will make make or break that end point for you, wherever it may be.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's, like I said, a great mentality to have acceptance just in general, whether it's career-wise, self-image-wise is so hard to achieve. So you should feel to say that out loud. Like you should feel really proud of that. Cause I know it's something that like I, myself, and a lot of people still like struggle with just in general. So that's and something- Hey, I say
1: that, but <laughs> yeah. I, I still think it, I need to take my own advice you know, most fair. of the time. But, you know, we're all in the same boat at the end of the day. Yeah. You just need to have that optimism overall and that self-positivity.
0: Yeah, and kind of taking a step back from wrestling, like you said before, you obviously have that background in acting and you majored in theater. But for those who maybe don't know, can you give us a little bit more insight into the extent of your theater and acting experience?
1: Yeah. So I've, I've been, I've wrestled, I've been acting pretty much my entire life, yeah. you know, whether it be on stage and plays or musicals, chorus, um, you know, anything like that band I was, uh, you know, in elementary school, I was a part of like a couple plays, um in into middle school. And then it really got big for me in high school. And that's what made me like, I want to do this. And then it wasn't until midway through college that I actually changed my major to theater and focused on it. Cause you know, high school boyfriend, Friends and whatnot. What was
0: it originally?
1: Criminology. Oh, that was my original study. Yeah, that's what I went into, and it, it was cool. It, it it ended up working out because I I learned a lot that I yeah. didn't know. I actually wanted to be a probation officer, a juvenile probation officer, keep kids in line. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I was. Um, it's it's just been a part of my entire life. I've it. Not selfishly, I like to be the center of attention. I guess I'm always looking for that approval or someone to be proud of me. and I, I feel like I reflect that in the ring as well. But I love performing. and that's something that I've actually been thinking about doing again. You know, I've been a place with wrestling that I, I'm happy with, and I um, just want to branch out back to my original roots and, you know, be back on stage in a different way.
0: Yeah. And you have that extensive background. Like you said, it's been a hot minute since you've done something, but I feel like, especially growing up in acting and theater, I feel like, you know, there's probably some gigs or some moments that are probably weird or maybe even funny. So can you tell us about maybe an experience in the acting world and whatever realm it was that was weird or maybe funny to you? So I kind of, I have
1: two stories for that, but the first was a little bit shorter. So middle school, I think it was like seventh grade. We were, you know, it's not as intense as like high school or college would be, but we all were given like similar parts and it was just going to be interchangeable and kind of give everyone like, oh, you get to try, you get to try. And there wasn't really auditions. It was like, you read it, they kind of had an idea and it's like, what part did you want to play? And I'm like... I don't think that works for everything. <laughs> like, it's not going to be portrayed yeah. the same way. Like, we can't all have participation ribbons, people. Yeah. Okay. We need, there needs to be some kind of balance. So yeah. that was weird in itself. But another moment was in college. It was for my senior year, it was for my senior thesis, the play that I was in. And it was a whole type of dynamic. I think I talked about it a little bit. It called uh, it's called Clybourne Park. It's the first act is based in like I think the 50s or 60s or something back when like racial times were really big, right? So the the story is you have this um, neighborhood that starts off with an all black community. Um, or with an all-white community and it's it, it looks great, and then a black family moves in, and then in Act Two it goes where it's now a black community with a white family trying to move in, and just seeing the parallels of how everything has changed, and it's a very racial yet comedic relief play. I highly recommend anyone like listening right now to look it up, Clybourne Park. It's very interesting, and there's a lot of there's a lot of lines being crossed. And I think it, it opened my, you know, comfortability up to be vulnerable in that way. And the weird part that I'm getting to is in rehearsals, in the audition process, it was like, How comfortable are you saying X, Y, and Z? How comfortable are you acting like this or that? And then doing the exercises to just try to just be random and funny to understand that these parallels are the same. And we would walk around the stage before rehearsals yelling out each other's lines in different things in different ways. And it almost gave you that sense of, you know, comfortability. But it was really strange trying yeah. to be like,
0: okay, what are we doing? And yeah, well, just accepting it, breaking that ice with a, a more like sensitive topic like that, a harder yeah. topic to talk like that. But it, it's kind of cool that it intertwined comedy to break it up a little bit because I'm sure even as like an audience member, you know, you're going in, you kind of know, you know, we had so- a disclosure,
1: we yeah, had a disclosure, okay,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I figured that, but it, like you said, it pushes you out of your comfort zone. And I feel like that's what life is about is exploring new uh, avenues and opportunities. But I'm curious in terms of the acting world, except maybe David Arquette, I'm just going to assume he's one of yours. Whose work do you admire, whether it's in the scope of television, film, or even Broadway?
1: (sighs) Oh. I love that question. Um, so obviously David Arquette, yes. but, um, <laughs> my all time favorite actor is actually Robin Williams. He's someone that I've idolized um, yeah. for such a long time. He's a character within himself and everything he's been able to, uh, to have accomplished. Like, I wish I could have had the opportunity to meet him and just pick his brain. Um, yeah. But another person that I idolize so much is Leonardo DiCaprio. And no, not just because Titanic is my favorite movie, yeah. but because he he can be anyone in anything. And he does not get enough credit. I mean, he gets enough credit from the fans, from the crowd. But it's like, Piers in itself, I think he just has so much to offer. And I'm so idolized by so many character changes. Like, whether it be Jack from Titanic to whatever his name was in uh, Django Unchained. to Gatsby, yeah. The Great Gatsby. uh, You know, he played in, I just watched something else. The Wolf of Wall Street. Like, Yeah so much and he just he's great he's great I can't say enough about him
0: (laughs) yeah I mean he's one of those like legendary he like like a tom cruise they've been around for forever at this point but it you know it like never gets dull there's so many new roles and and facets to acting the acting realm that it's you know the whole their whole filmography is just fantastic and you can if you don't like one genre they probably got one in another so yes that's the beauty of it kind of like music and, and wrestling too there's so many different genres and styles intertwined in that but on the topic of actors and celebrities you know we've seen many of them cross over into wrestling i.e david arquette but if you could book your tag team with any celebrity and you're not allowed to pick david Arquette because that's just not obvious a given one um who would you love to work with or do you think could stand a decent chance in the ring So wait, am I tagging with this person or okay? And it has to be a celebrity.
1: (laughs) Or an actor or something. Or an actor. Yeah. Someone. Okay. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. I'm gonna teach him how to run the ropes a little bit better. But aside from that, I think it'd be him. He seems like he is so comfortable in the ring and he feels like he just needs to learn a thing or two. And to be fair, he's been on WWE a couple of times in the last few years, Mm -hmm. whether it be Sasha Banks' entrance, having a match with the Miz mid-match on this year's WrestleMania. Like, I think he'd be a really fun opponent. I'd be like, you got this, boo. Just go out there. It's going to be great. But I'm going to teach him how to run the ropes first and then we'll, we'll
0: will fix that. that that's just so incredible too i mean i wasn't planning and talking about mania but like that him <laughs> stepping in i felt so bad when shane mcmahon went down i'm assuming you you everyone watched it i yes. felt so bad but that was good on the direction of the cameraman and jessica card to kind of guide snoop dogg and the Miz just sold the hell out of that and then the the, the doggy elbow um uh, yes! it was it was a good recovery. Unfortunately, it came at the expense of Shane McMahon, but they worked they worked pretty swiftly to have yeah. Snoop Dogg. What if Snoop Dogg wasn't there though? Then I would have no idea what they would have done. That's they're lucky they had Snoop Dogg right there to step in and save the day.
1: Yeah, plus I mean the Miz, like the fact that it was the Miz that was in that situation, yeah. if Snoop Dogg wasn't there, at least the Miz like he was yeah. like doing this and then yeah. he's like Okay, He's like Stalin, yeah, he would have grabbed that mic and be like, ha, I win, like, he would True. have totally made the most of it. But no, like, it's nice that Snoop Dogg was there because it almost worked better yeah. than what it probably could have been because it was out of nowhere. And it's yeah. like, is Snoop gonna save the
0: day? Like, yeah. is that what's happening <laughs> with a, a doggy people's elbow? That was <laughs> iconic that was beautiful beautiful it it really was but (laughs) i feel like you definitely have acquired some very valuable skills in acting and so i'm wondering if there is there any other aspects of theater or acting that you have felt have connected obviously the improv aspect is always there but that you kind of intermingled with wrestling that has maybe helped you along the way aside from improv you can talk about improv too. Yes! I'm just, I <laughs> just the components, I guess, in general. Yeah, because like, I feel like yeah, anything that you've uh, learned from acting or experience from acting or theater that you've connected to your work in wrestling.
1: Um. I mean, obviously improv, but aside from that, it would be just more the articulation, you know, I think people focus on the match itself, but what's the buildup to that match? What's going to piss people off or keep them extremely engaged, you know, and I think it's that it's the articulation and your delivery, you know, and I think those are two key components in acting that a lot of wrestlers that are still learning, you know, those are the biggest things. And I think those two aspects have helped me greatly because as I was still learning the ropes, I had that under my belt on how I delivered things and my tones and my levels and
0: overall articulation yeah and and the drama of it too like a simple like a pause in a promo has like so much effect on it you know it's just like the small details you already had that in you and character wise too you know a big part of you have two more questions for you a big part (laughs) of the queen of the silver screen is obviously her look you obviously have your fur coat that you like to wear a lot but i'm curious is there a certain story or inspo behind your favorite piece of ring gear Oh gosh, my
1: favorite. Oh, I've had, I've I've gotten a lot of newer gear now, which I, I love. Um, probably, uh, my, the set that I wore on Monday Night Raw when they were in Pittsburgh, that was my first set of that style of ring gear. Um, I had a, two I had like long tights and a, a top when I first started and yeah. I just did not like how I
0: you yeah, you've, you've was gone portrayed. like the, the what's it called singlet or one piece yeah I went I went into time. a
1: singlet yeah but I you know I tried to show a little more cheek but I wanted to like you know body image you know I yeah. just felt like it wasn't the best and I basically said I want to take this singlet and cut it into two pieces you know that way it can still establish like a growth but also like how i've evolved Mm -hmm. and i feel like that piece of gear that was the first time i went to uh this newer uh, place Oakhart pittsburgh so definitely look them up for gear and i was able to go to her collaborate, and I told her exactly what I wanted, and she brought it to life. And I told her I needed it by this day, you know, just in case, because I wasn't sure. And I get there, and I loved how it looked on me, and then they're like, okay, we're going to put you in a match. And I'm like, what? So the fact that I got to debut that gear set on that platform for the first time, it kind of opened up new eyes to those who didn't know who Katie Archette was is and those that already knew me and it was like whoa like it almost looked like I belonged up there based off of the gear. So
0: yeah and I feel like personally I feel like gear is such an like just over the overall presentation is just an underrated aspect because it can really enhance or hinder, like, someone's character, you know? Obviously, yeah. starting out, you know, you're kind of still finding yourself, but you certainly have found yourself. I always love your different colored. I'm curious, how many coats do you own? Just one. Just okay. one. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. It it's stood the test of time. How long have you had your coat? I've
1: had it since because da- David Arquette was the one who gave yes, it to me. Yes. So 2018, since 2018, yeah. it's been five years. It's been going strong. That's impressive it has. to be it's honest. It's had a few touch-ups on the inner seams, yeah, but yeah. it's a, it's still in good, good, Good contact.
0: <laughs> you know, that's something you clearly hold a uh, good uh, value of it. A lot of the people sometimes okay. take things for granted, but you know, that's essential to the queen of the silver screen. I'm curious, do you have any visions or hints towards maybe your next piece of gear? No, because I just got a bunch, okay, but sure. <laughs> I am very
1: open to color schemes, and I actually just got a new pair. Um, It's red, but it's also Scarlet Witch inspired, because I was like, I want to theme it a little bit you know i've been sticking to different styles different color combos now what's gonna make people like oh wait i know what she's doing there Mm -hmm. so i have a scarlet witch inspired gear that i'm hoping that i might actually debut at mcw so i guess we'll have Mm -hmm. to see
0: (laughs) we will keep in mind obviously like we said Katie Arquette versus Layla Gray going down, obviously, uh, this weekend is going to be super exciting. But, Katie, before I let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your socials?
1: Yes, find me on all the socials. Facebook, I have a Facebook page, Katie Arquette. You can find me on Twitter, the KT Arquette. The the letters K. and yes! T- K <laughs> and T because I couldn't add three more letters. Actually, yeah. it was just one. But um And Instagram, the Katie Arquette. Please follow, share, retweet, and like everything. Much appreciated.
0: And always, whenever you go to the, the theater or the silver screen, think of Katie because she is the queen of the silver screen. Katie, thank you so much for joining me here today. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you for always and thank you for having me.
1: Appreciate it.